What's up, everything? The Blues are hot, hot, hot in the Golden State, but the California teams are terrible. So what are we to make of it all? We'll discuss ahead. We'll also mourn for the suffering of Connor McDavid and laugh at the suffering of Jeff Skinner and Zach Parise because schadenfreude is a real thing. Vladimir Tarasenko will play a game before the next time we record, probably. So let's get started and let's go Blues. Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Thursday, March 4th. I said all the words wow. right. Wow. Just one right for it. We're getting better, folks. We promise. If, and... if you take a close look, you'll notice this <laughs> podcast has improved in very, in very minute yeah, my new increments. <laughs> and in, on the overhaul picture, just much worse over yeah. time. <laughs> uh, we're back. It's a, uh, it's a celebratory night to be a Blues fan. I think overall, mm-hmm. we've won some games. We've had some real chaos. We even earned the titular reference in an episode of 31 Thoughts this week. Mm-hmm. And the pride position of before that first, uh, you know, the do-do-do, you know, the part with the with the sick bass line and the mm-hmm. whole, you know, the GMC Sierra part. Everybody's familiar. So <laughs> it was great. It's been a fun week. Uh, we'll talk about all that. Vladimir Tarasenko's almost back. The other Blues players, very much not. Mm-mm. Speaking of which, I don't think we have in these notes those quotes uh, from uh, Army about those injuries. So if you want to look those up mm-hmm. while we're talking, you know, just a, just a little peek at how the sausage gets made, <laughs> folks. And as, as we already mentioned, we will get better, we promise. <laughs> Let's talk about someone who's not getting better, Jeff Skinner. Um scratched i believe three times consecutively by Mm. ralph krueger has yet to score a goal this season and is on the uh buffalo savers fourth line is that the line you want uh, a goal scorer to be on in um no okay he's also no longer a goal scorer well that's true and he's only making nine million dollars a season until 2027 they were talking about this on uh, 31 thoughts this week or last week. And they were like, well, you know, I think, I think they're benching him to make him say like, you know, Hey, you got to give us options to trade you. Like you've got a no movement mm. clause. You got to tell us who, who we can talk to. No one. Like, there is no, I'm sorry. <laughs> you could name all the teams, I'm, but they're not talking who, to you. I, would you take this guy at four or five? They eat half his salary. No. The most they can eat. You wouldn't take him at four or five till mm. 2027. Yeah, would you? No. I, he had. This was a bad contract even the when they most signed predictable, it. Yeah, yeah, he right. He had one a really good season with them, and because it's Buffalo, everybody was like, "Well, they can't be Buffalo and just let him walk." So, it, and all credit to his agent, all credit to Jeff Skinner. Make your money. I'm not judging any of that. But they held Buffalo's feet to the fire and made them sign him for insane top dollar, Ugh. so that he's making more than you know, freaking Vladimir Tarasenko, Ryan O'Reilly, like people who matter, um, and not just <laughs> on the Blues. I'm sure a lot of other people, like Evander Kane, isn't making that much, and. 
probably and he needs to. He needs to. Well, he needs to learn a few other things, but that's that's one of them. Financial responsibility also comes in handy. But like, I don't know if he's better than Jeff Skinner when they're both at top form. But like, I feel like if I had to have one day to day. I'd probably have Evander Kane first. Also, I know people out there like, Evander Kane's a whiny dick, and that's fine. I'm not saying all the total package. I'm just saying for these purposes, mm-hmm. you know. What's wrong with Jeff Sk- I mean, he doesn't score any goals, but, like, what's the deal? Is he not even, trying? I, I haven't watched enough Buffalo. I watched some the other night. He was trying like hell the other night, but I think it was, like, his first game back. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had, he like, six it. shots and, you know, hadn't scored yet. But, um... I th- hasn't he always been inconsistent? Wasn't this a thing like before he was with uh, them that he was like injury prone and inconsistent? It was definitely injury prone. I remember having lots of lots of different injuries, concussion issues, and things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, he... he strikes me as a mix between like Mike Hoffman and Jaden Schwartz, where like Jaden Schwartz, the highs are very very high. He gets injured a lot. But he's not as good a pure goal scorer as, as Jeff Skinner. Um, but Jeff Skinner probably isn't as three-dimensional as, as Jaden Schwartz. I just... This... I... Fold, Buffalo. Just... <laughs> I don't know how you can like, just have this happen to you over and over and over again. They're talking about trading Jack Eichel. For what? What do you get? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just... You, you're just not... Like, where is the path to them ever being relevant? You can say, like... You can say, well, they should have gotten Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. except, first of all, we'll talk about Connor McDavid in a minute. Getting Connor McDavid wasn't a golden ticket to making your team successful. Mm-hmm. Um, as good as... And that's nothing wrong with Connor McDavid, I can promise you. Um, Jack Eichel would have been the one of one... In almost any other draft in recent memory. Mm. Like, probably behind Matthews. And I think that's it. Other than McDavid, right? It's going back to probably Tavares. Mm-hmm. I think you take Eichel over Hall. Um, I, th- I, you know, I don't have as much perspective. I don't remember as What about really. McKinnon? Probably. probably. Wasn't McKinnon... Wasn't he like, people were like, oh, we might take Seth Jones well, first overall. Well, I mean, he did jump in the league and was kind of a slow start right, for a first overall, even too. Even at the draft, he wasn't like a slam dunk first pick, I feel yeah. like. I think there were a lot of people. I don't remember people. that draft as well, but I yeah. I really remember, because Avs correspondent Jordan, you know, and I were talking a lot, and they were, Seth Jones, people were like, oh, you might have to take him first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, good thing they didn't, because Nathan McKinnon's the second or third best player in the league, but Seth Jones... Pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not like it would have been a total bust. Yeah, I'd say he's probably um, like yeah, third, third best player behind those two, behind McDavid and Matthews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but uh, like I just so you trade Jack Eichel. What are you getting? You're not getting Matthews. You're not getting. You know, I've heard like, well, they can trade him to Boston and get like three first round picks, and it's like, yeah, great, three picks between twenty three and twenty nine over the next yeah. three years. That's really going to revolutionize their franchise. Their draft history has been throw terrible. In Trent Frederick and his one testicle, thanks to Alex <laughs> Ovechkin. Are you? Can you afford it? Like Connor Clifton, maybe. Like it's that's their, not even with those picks. Their draft history has been real bad. Yeah, like Buffalo has a track record of picking guys and having them not play in the NHL or play a season or two or just be, like, non-factors uh-huh. for the team. There was an interesting debate 
on thirty on uh, Puck Soup the other week, where they were talking about like, well, the Devils are a possible team that would want Eichel, and like, would you trade Hughes for Eichel? And um, Greg Wyshynski, who is a Devils fan, was like, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I would start the package with just about anything else, mm. but I wouldn't trade Hughes for Eichel. And they were just like, oh, there you go, being a typical homer, you know. And it's mm-hmm. like, I, I kind of agree with both sides. Because, like, if you're Buffalo and you're calling New Jersey, you're asking mm-hmm. for Hughes. You have to. Of course you have to. Younger piece who you can build around. Yeah. yeah. But if you're New Jersey and you're looking at Eichel, who, again, clearly isn't the deus ex machina of making a franchise better. Because look at what he's done in Buffalo. And, again, I'm not blaming him, but, like... There's the proof, you know. You're looking at him, he's four or five years older than Hughes. He's on a much bigger contract, and Mm -hmm. Hughes will get a big contract eventually, but, like, why rush it? And Mm -hmm. especially during the coronavirus times. Like, I, if I'm New Jersey, I don't think I, I don't even think I do a one-for-one Hughes for Eichel. Mm -hmm. And and that's part of my prejudice to younger people, younger players. You hate the young. I hate the uh, the olds. Um, He hates the youth. But I don't, it's just, I really, misery index, like, I'm just going to spoil it. I I can't fathom how it's anyone but the Sabres at the top. What about the Coyotes? I think they're fighting for it. That's true. That's tough. But the Coyotes... At least have a a team on the ice that scores. I don't like Connor Garland. I don't like like a handful of those players because they're good. And they beat us. And also, with due respect to the Coyotes fan, people in (laughs) Buffalo care... And that's their biggest mistake. I was, I was going to say, the what thing that... What is grief, Ian, if not love persevering? <laughs> I think that question. I think they me. need to, like, relinquish uh, their grief and their love and just uh, give up. Just the, give the up same, the, the bills are good now, guys. Go yeah, ride got that roller team. coaster. The Toronto, uh, the, the Toronto uh, Blue Jays are good, and they were your team last year. They had to play in your state. Mm-hmm. Go take them on for a ride, because... I don't. I don't. They need different ownership. I genuinely be don't down. think the Sabers are good again in my lifetime. I do plan to die at thirty-three, so you know. <laughs> but, uh, I'd say yeah. I'd say in, over the next five years, at very least, I bet they're still oh, if, just as bad. I it can't be. They have to have a completely different ownership group. Like I they don't just see need how they could be good until that Eichel contract's mm-hmm. done. If they buy him out. What's a buyout calculator for Jeff Skinner? I'm I'm honestly. Oh, they say yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's got to be till rough. like 2040 or something, right? It's gonna be insane. This ends in 27. Yeah, I guarantee um, you, it's like an additional six, seven Skinner, years. Jeff Skinner. 2033. Your cap hit is 20 is 2.4 million dollars, almost 2.5. Um. And your cap hit at the final year of his contract is six million. So it's just like, did they trade for him or did they sign him a one year deal? They traded, yeah. Remember they won a, like a really lopsided trade for like Cliff Poo and somebody, and then oh he, yeah, he turned into a stud and for that one year, and then they signed him. I remember he, that part. Yeah, I don't know if maybe yeah. they just like, oh, we'll give you a. I forgot that um, prior to COVID times, you couldn't just do the one year show me contracts mm. to people that have been in the league for like six or seven years already like you can now but i don't know what they do with skinner that whole team's a mess i don't obviously i think you have to hold on to jack eichel like 
you said it's a matter of what do you get back for him. I don't think you're going to get anything that makes you better, and I don't trust your scouting or anything when it comes to like making uh, good decisions with your picks. So like, hold on to Jack Eichel because he's Jack Eichel and just sell around him. The problem is he's not. He's gonna. He's already starting to give up there. Mm-hmm. Like the writing's on the wall. More than more so than anything with McDavid, there where like is... people thought this would happen with McDavid, but he seems to be on a slightly longer leash, or he has Edmonton on a slightly longer leash. But I think there is Eichel's cracking a poison in the water out there. Yeah, I I don't know how you it's can deny lake. it. Kyle Ocposo, I mean, he's had a lot of injuries. Yeah, goes there his his career just ends. Patrick Bergwin, obviously, Ryan O'Reilly forces his way out. Ryan O'Reilly, who's like the hardest working, politest guy, is just like he got he got traded in exile for that city from that city for the great sin of not <laughs> being willing to pretend that losing was okay. Mm-hmm. And now Jack Eichel I don't hear from Jack Eichel that much. Like it's not like I'm hearing quotes that are like I'm losing my love of the game, but how could he not be? I mean, they, they pretty much ask him about it, and he just kind of has like, oh, you know, I'm just, we got to try really hard. And it's like, you just want, honestly, I've watched the videos. Just watch the videos. The guy looks dejected. Yeah. And how, why wouldn't you be? How could you not be? Yeah. And Jeff Skinner, as much as we just ragged on him for that contract, he's not this player. Mm-hmm. I don't know what player he is, but he's not that. He's like a 20 goal guy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, Career wise, like, he's has some up and downs, but like. We knew 9 he's million. He's pretty much at least a 25 goal scorer. We knew 9 million was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, when he signed it, we knew that. But no, that's like, why I mean, it was a dumb contract to start. But if they'd signed him for six, that would have been fine. You know, like. <laughs> That'd if, be different. Yeah. Or even seven. Like, you know, like. They've, I was going to say, the Buffalo's been bad since, do you remember when they signed, I think they signed, I don't think they Christian traded for him. Yeah, and like Vili Leno uh-huh. and all these guys, because they were like, I think that was the last time they made the playoffs too, was like yeah. 11, 2011. Was still there. Yeah, they were like, we're going for it. And even in my small amount of hockey knowledge at that point, I was like, oh, aren't the Buffalo Sabres not very good? But I guess they're good now, so that's cool. And I was waited for like maybe like two years after that where I was like, oh, okay, they missed the playoffs, but like they're one of those like bubble teams. Mm. And then I was like, no, you're an idiot. They're bad. <laughs> and then and they continue to be. And every year um, I'll look at teams maybe like um, Arizona or maybe even a team like Florida, who's a lot better this year. And I'm going to be like, when is this team going to turn it around? Mm-hmm. And there always seems to be like things I can point to at least. Be like, okay, they draft this guy, they have this young guy coming up. They'll they'll make some waves, and you hear it in like the hockey media too. But Buffalo, it's just dead up there. You never hear anything like you know who's coming up, these two guys, and they're gonna change this franchise. And they've got this young up its you know upstart oh coach God, in the they, wings. They have nothing. Even the people who come there, you remember when Casey Middlestat was supposed to be oh, poor a Casey god? Wasn't he literally the best or second best prospect evaluated mm. by hockey people? He's nothing. He's not even like. He's not even like Sammy Blay. I don't. That's a fart in the wind. Yeah, that was just a. <laughs> and like you know, they've got a what's the next guy? Not Zegras. He's in Anaheim. Dylan yeah. Cousins. It's like leave him in the minors. Yeah, don't... <laughs> Wherever Rochester. No, that's the Rangers, right? Yeah. I think well, it might be Rochester. I think, I think Rochester. you're right. Um, it's like uh... leave him down there forever. <laughs> don't bring him up until you're ready. Uh, honestly, like. 
trade Dylan Cousins before you trade Jeff Skinner or uh, um, Jack Eichel because you're not going to make Dylan Cousins good. I'm so sorry. Like, I want the Sabres. I would, the Sabres would be my favorite team in the East so easily. Mm-hmm. And they kind of are. But it's like I can't even turn on Sabres games. They're not even watchable. Their they're reverse retros are very oh, good. Oh, God. Their whole uniform. That's what I mean. Everything about you is amazing. appealing except for the fucking and team on the ice. Been. None of their <laughs> uniforms have ever been bad. But well, the team well. is... Let's not go that far. Well, but what? But the the orange and the color scheme always always oh, great, even yeah. back and forth. Fair when they flip. Fair enough. The buffa slug enough. though. Yeah, but awesome, but terrible. Why did they reverse retro to that? Oh, the Probably, buffa slug. Yeah. I'm thinking of the actual angry buffalo. Oh, that's man. great. No, you're right. The buffa slug. We real all bad. try to forget. Real bad. You're right. You're right. My bad. <laughs> so yeah, they can't even get that. <laughs> I just, I don't, I didn't expect this to go on this long, but it's just like, I pity them and I laugh at them and it's just sad. It's sad because that could be such a great market. Exactly. It's upsetting when Arizona sucks, but you're kind of like, oh, well, when they leave again, their fan will be very upset. But Buffalo loves hockey and this is the trash they get. I almost wish the league had like contract disaster relief. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, like <laughs> we we always talk about the um the how the CBAs are like pro pro league and anti player and everything, and I do agree with the, most of that. But one of the things that doesn't get discussed enough in especially NHL contracts is as soon as a player signs pen to paper, there is no accountability for them to live up mm-hmm. to what that contract is for. None whatsoever. They can do literally nothing to vacate losing that money. And they're never going to lose those other guaranteed than, contracts. I mean, other than, like, you know, murder or something. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of on-ice play, they, will, they can do literally nothing. So, mm-hmm. like, in that respect, I do have a little sympathy for the Sabres in... in you, can, you can say that a $9 million contract was always stupid. But they should never have thought that Jeff Skinner would be a player worth, like, $1.5 million, you know? Mm. Like, bare minimum, you should have been four point five, five, six, mm. you know? And, like, for, I just... What do you do there? It's just crazy. I don't even know. Uh, Zach Parise also got scratched. I don't know why I put that much emphasis on the E. I did that in the intro earlier and felt awful. You should. Zach Parise. Um... You know, he's got seven point five million left for five more years. That almost seems that almost seems sane now. I know, but that's, that's preposterous like, that there's five yes, more years yes, on those contracts. But that's it. here's the thing, like Wild are a perfect example. We made fun of the Wild for how long? And now oh, we one, still do. We do still do, but one freaking kid shows up. Mm-hmm. One kid. God I I haven't gotten to see Capras off that much. I, He's very good. I dread when I have to see him a lot. Because, like, we will be month. seeing him a lot. Um, but, God, like, that. I think we even went on record this summer and said, like, what? Kaprizov is just going to save this team and, like, kind of scoffed at the idea. Mm. Kaprizov saved this team. <laughs> They're at least finally watchable, which I yeah. think when we did the Misery Index or something else this summer, that's what we were. We were both kind of like, I just pity this team because, like, I just wish they at least were watchable and fans had a reason to get excited. Well, they've got it now. I got to say, and... if, if the Blues aren't going to be the team in this division to be any good, like, you know, we get oh, booted out, it. I'm, I'm all. 
all wild. In this weird division. Yeah, go I'm, for it, screw baby. You, Colorado and, and Vegas. Screw oh, I, I'd love Minnesota Railroad Vegas. Oh, that'd be. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> That felt that felt good. Right. It felt bad that it felt so good. <laughs> right. It felt good. I don't know how to feel about it. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I don't really have a lot to say about the Parise scratching, but that that to me is a different situation because at least with Parise, you've you've done as much as you can to get Zach Parise across the finish line for this team. Mm. Zach Parise, Zach Parise, Zach Parise, Zach Parise, um, and. <laughs> ZP. <laughs> and your team's actually good. So you can say, look, Zach, I got 12 players I need to play ahead of you. You know, pick it up. There's no argument for that with Jeff Skinner. Mm-hmm. What are you you going to go to Jeff Skinner and be like, look, Jeff, I know you make $9 million, but I got to have a spot for Zimgus Gergensons. I was, I was just going to say Zimgus I feel like that's not even that psychic because it's like that's the player. <laughs> that's the you know? like, oh, Zach Freeze is 30. I mean, yeah, Zach Freeze is 36. Five more years left on this contract. They signed him and Suter signed identical 13-year contracts. When you could do that. Oh my God! Ridiculous. Immediately before you could stop, yeah, they're no they, allowed to do right that. when they did it, they said, "I don't think the league should be doing." Later this. that summer, that same owner would be like, "We don't have enough money. Uh, yeah. We need more money." I like you said, it's a lot different when it's Parise and he's older, and it's like, "Look, man, your back's barely a back anymore. Yeah. We have to, we have to be able to sit you." And I say full credit to what's their coach, Dean Evanson, Dean yeah. Evanson or whatever. Mm-hmm. To be able to take Who a guy was that coach right before that, Boudreaux. Oh yeah, like that to actually Parise. sit Parise like I've, that. Good I've for stood him. in a concession line behind Bruce Boudreaux. It was. Did he smell of toxicity <laughs> in our city? He used toxic spikes, and I, then I stepped up to the counter and I got poisoned. Were you bugged? Does that hurt? Bug? It hurts grass. Uh, it poisons yeah. against grass. Right? People love this kind of talk, folks. Ooh, and then Diamond and Pearl remakes come out. That's the whole podcast. Mm. Two guys, one uh, what's the Torterra? Two guys, one, one Torterra. <laughs> two guys, two Torterras, because we ain't sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think Dean Evanson deserves a lot of credit. Billy Guerin deserves a lot of credit. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Kaprasov is the whole story, but Cam Talbot's been really good. I thought that was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's held on to Matt Dumba this whole time when that was just like he was supposed to be guaranteed that Matt Dumba was going to get traded. He's still there. Um, you know, I think they've made some good moves. They've given a spot to Erickson Eck, who's been really good. Um, I don't know what Nick Bugstad's been doing for him, but that's probably a, a good, you know, kind of lower tier player that they've added. Who's the guy? Didn't they get uh, Nick Bonino? Yeah, him too. I don't. I just think it's a, it's good to see him. Kevin Viala's getting better too. Like it's fun to see teams. That's the thing. It it is fun to see teams that haven't been good getting good again. As much fun as I make of the Red Wings, and as much as I historically don't like the Red Wings, there will be like a three year period where I'm like, yeah, go Red Wings, because <laughs> like, you know, their team, their fans deserve it too. Those are good people. That's that's where I saw Bruce Boudreaux stand in the line to get a hot dog. Um, so I just feel I feel so bad for Buffalo. You know, who I don't feel bad for is Toronto Maple Leafs fans, and I especially won't feel bad for them when they suffer a crushing 
uh, five-game defeat in the conference final after thinking that they were an unstoppable juggernaut all season. They are currently 18-4-2, which is a very good which record. Which is insane. Their division doesn't exist. I know there are people on the Twitter device that would like to claim, that would like you to believe that the NHL is very satisfied with the North Division and wants to keep it forever. The North Division is currently making a mockery of the NHL. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm sure the games are, are watched. I'm sure they're widely fun. commented upon and very fun. But that division is hot trash garbage. And the idea that the Maple Leafs, who would be in a division with Tampa and Boston and Florida, who are frickin' wagon right now this season, and Carolina's in that division. God, that division's so good. Pittsburgh is in the other one, right? Carolina's in the other one, too. Normally, yeah. All right, well, whoever else. Um, So they could feast on Detroit and Ottawa. Detroit and and Ottawa. And... Montreal, I guess. But Montreal's pretty, you know, is all right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They haven't played them again recently. But But anyway, like, let's not pretend the division isn't the lion's share of the reason they're 18-4-2. I know that we're supposed to believe Justin Hall is the second coming of Bobby Orr right now, but he's also defending the second coming of Matt Stagasty. <laughs> Matt Stagasty. <laughs> so, you know, I would just pump the brakes on that kid. Um, but all credit to them. I can't wait for them to be swept. In the well, playoffs. I was going to say, so the big difference here is that, yeah, if they're number I one re- in their division, they're going to be playing I, a I re- Calgary Flames team in the fourth seed that could possibly beat them. Oh, that's the thing. I the really fun. hope they don't make the conference final. Oh, then everybody, then it's all, all bets are off. I feel like mm-hmm. Cubis is probably gone. Like, how could you, if you don't make the court, if you don't, if you're a team that's expected to compete in a normal season, they talked about this when Bergevin fired uh, Julian. They mm-hmm. were like, well, you know, he's probably looking at this season like, I got to do it this year. I agree. If you're a team that is that you are expecting to be competitive in a normal season in your actual division, and you can't d- at least get to the second round in this division, fire everybody! Because <laughs> you're not going back to the Atlantic and suddenly like, ah, I'm cured! You know? Oh, no, see, yeah, they will, they'll have learned that time. They'll have finally learned what it takes to uh, go deep in the playoffs. This division has six of the league's top eight scorers, one of whom is Brock Besser, who's good, but he ain't that good. Connor McDavid has 40 points in 25 games. Leon Dreisaitl has 35 points in 25 games. Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews have 34 and 31 points, respectively, in 24 and 21 games. Mark Scheifele has 31 and 22, and Brock Besser has 25 and 26. James Van Riemsdyk, also a top scorer in this league. Congrats to him and Patrick Kane, boo. Um... That that division's a joke, and I can't wait to see the death of it. We've <laughs> talked about other teams way too much already, right? Mm. So um, let's go ahead and dive in on the Blues, shall we? Do we want to start with injuries? Do we want to close with injuries? What do you think? 
Um, have, are there any new injuries that occurred in these three games? I don't think so, right? No. Uh, Marco Scandella tried to get hurt several times. Um, let's close with injuries. Okay. Right. I don't know. I don't know why I want to close on no, such a sad like, note, but it's but there is some positives. But it feels like maybe. that's like what do we make of these games? Well, here's where we still are. It yeah. makes sense. I like yeah, your take. I, I like, like your, your style. <laughs> All right, so we're having a good time. The the wildest game stretch. In, folks. The wildest game I think I've ever watched. I was just laughing hysterically at one point during this game. I think it was after the Scandella goal, the final Scandella goal. <laughs> this Cackling was insane. This was this game was so insane that I forget about the most insane part, which was the Bennington meltdown. Mm. Um your lines entering this game are Zach Sanford, Ryan O'Reilly, Jordan Kyrou. God, this gets bad so fast. You you read that top line and you're like, I don't know if I want Sanford and Kyrou on the first line, but at least they're players. And then you get to Nathan Walker, uh, with this blonde Braden hair, Shin and David Perron, Sammy Boy, Oscar Sundquist, Mike Hoffman. A mess. I don't like that. It's but what? at least once again, those are at least three players you want on your NHL. Those are all team. NHL players. Yes, and then Kyle Clifford, who oh man, Kyle shaved the whole head, but just oh, you don't like the you off. don't like the little wisps. No, no, just uh, I bet his wife likes the little I bet wisps. She does. Um, and Delarose <laughs> and McEachern. Uh, this feels like Clifford Delarose and McEachern. This feels like. We are a deeper team than I realize, because that feels like a normal fourth line. It just feels, like, weird, you yeah. know? Uh, Scandella Falk, Dunn Bortuzzo, Krug Mikola. That's interesting. I didn't know they ran Krug Mikola. Yeah. Huh. Krug Mikola as the ostensible third. <laughs> I guess they all got equal time. Yeah, probably. Uh, uh, and got shuffled. That's what Benny Ruby said to Craig to make it yeah. blow his own Hey, <laughs> buddy, you're all going to get equal time. You're the one on the pairing I can trust. You know what I'm saying? You but said to only, both of them. But I can only trust him because of the big finish guy standing next to you. Timo Meyer scores 17 seconds into this one, and Billy Huso didn't even start. <laughs> um, the Sharks want to face off in the D zone. They flip the puck down the ice. Mikola tried to clear but couldn't. Meyer got it and took a weird bouncing shot that goes in. Real weird start. Didn't get more normal from there. Did you get to see all of this one? I, no, you went to bed, right? I got to see all the way through Bennington's meltdown. meltdown and then I was like, I thought it was going to swing the other way. Oh, I thought I was going to wake much. up to yes. a 7-3 oh, very, drumming. Very, very much. Yeah. Um, no, well, we can talk about my tweet after that, because I've done the 180 multiple times. Marco Scandella scores his first of the season. His first is a blue. But I thought he's already played, I don't know, 150 <laughs> games <laughs> as a blue. Doesn't, some people don't feel, like, Tory Crew doesn't feel right at all still. Mm -mm. But Marco Scandella is like, he's uh -oh. been here. In my mind, I think Marco Scandella is jo Jordan Leopold, and he's just been here yeah, the, the whole time. <laughs> he fits like a nice glove, oh, if yeah, I tell maybe. you what. Oh, for sure. Uh, unassisted goal. Ball Sears, uh tried to backhand the puck to a teammate, or out of the zone, or somewhere. Who knows, even, really. Uh, but it got right to Scandella, and he shot a slapper and scored. It was a nice shot. It was uh, his first as a blue, as we mentioned. 
Um, he's got a pretty hard shot, as we'll see again later in this game. He's got a pretty face. Book and oh, very beautiful man. And they've they've tried to destroy it this week. <laughs> stop, stop doing stuff to this man's face. Uh, Evander Kane, you know, uh, found pay dirt for once uh, and scoring the next goal. Um, oh, I forgot. There was one more injury during this <laughs> this series of play because Radic Simic uh, threw off Della Rose, who glided hard into the oh, board. that's right. And is out the rest of the game and much longer than that. Um, I think that was the end of like six games in a row that we had like a, a very serious injury to. None yeah. of these have been... Oh, they'll be back in a game or two, you mm-hmm. know? They're always like, oh, we'll, we'll look at it. And they're like, yeah. Or even by the end of the night, they won't even say that, like, no, he's done. Well, I don't want to step on it, but George, uh, um, Doug Armstrong said Vladimir Tarasenko was the closest to coming back by a country mile. And that was like three games ago. And mm-hmm. he hasn't returned yet. So, uh, not great. Uh, but yeah, Kane scored the next one on the power play. Burns took a shot from the point. Bennington couldn't corral it, and it slid over to Kane, who had a yawning cage. That sounds dirty. Uh, <laughs> Perron had taken an idiotic offensive zone minor to lead to that power play. Of course, of course. No surprise. Um, Sammy Boy, he's up next. He scores. LeBanc tried to pass, uh, but O'Reilly dispossessed him. Dispossessed him. Dunn trickled a puck towards the goal. And old Sammy grabbed it and maneuvered around Dubnik for the backhand goal. It's a nice goal. It was uh, this one came out of nowhere. This was one of those where you're kind of watching and you're like, huh, what mm-hmm. goal? What? Huh? <laughs> uh, then Timo Meyer scored with a nice shot from an angle. Bennington was heavily screened. Braden Shin scored uh, with af- right after Bennington and made a big save. Braden Shin's getting hot. I mean, he was already oh, leading yeah. the leading the team in scoring, but uh, he's, he's getting right hotter. Out. He's getting uh, first season as a blue level hot. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's on fire. Um, good. I'm glad. Remember when he was our Ryan O'Reilly? I never had any questions about that uh, contract extension. I always thought it was great. Uh, yeah, we should, we should look at some point about our team's leading scorers, because it's weird. Uh, (laughs) Mm Uh, Evander Kane then scored again unassisted. Falk failed to keep this one in on our zone, uh, but the goal was all on Bennington, and he uh, wasn't prepared for the shot, and it just let it, he let a freebie get by him, which led to him being pulled, and that was a normal thing that he mm. just walked off the ice. Uh, no, as as I'm sure everyone listening knows, Bennington had the meltdown of a lifetime, although like only the fourth biggest meltdown <laughs> yeah, of his career. I was like, not really his uh, lifetime. <laughs> he, I couldn't decide if I was disgusted or turned on. I think I was both. He walked uh, He walked by the bench, um, the Sharks bench, and then um, turned back, skated towards the Sharks bench, tried to fight somebody there couldn't he skated towards center ice to, he's got to go out of the tunnel on the in this corner the Zamboni yeah. tunnel i guess because sharks sap center is weird or something or maybe mm-hmm. it's a covid thing i don't know but no they always gotta go out the corner okay. um but uh he skates that direction uh eric carlson mouths off to him at center ice he throws a jab with his blocker darren peng says it doesn't make any contact I'm not convinced, but, uh, you know, tickles his uh, Carlson nose. survived, which I actually, I should be convinced because if Carlson wasn't on the IR for six weeks after the incident, then he must not have actually made physical contact with him. Um, I would have liked it if he would have said, we're not playing handball and punch him in the face. Oh, <laughs> oh God, that would have, 
I hope he did. I this, hope this, I hope to God he did. One of the most infuriating comments I've ever heard from a player in my entire it was life. Like, yes, we're not. <laughs> yeah. That's the point of this whole oh. See, we're still angry. Oh, that made me have a, a little seizure saying <laughs> a comment like that. Oh. Uh, and then he skated towards the the exit and then uh, he and Devin Dubnik also almost had a goalie fight, which listen oh. NHL. Fighting should be removed from this game, but not goalie fighting. Yeah, you gotta let them fight. You just let them square up and put their hair up and square up. Neither of these guys have hair, so it's even easier. But oh, the ref shoved him off the ice, and that was the end of it. We get a minor penalty as Billy Huso comes on at the time. I will admit that I tweeted that we shouldn't be celebrating this idiot for being an immature clown and. Uh, causing his team to have a minor penalty right after he'd already let in a go-ahead goal and gotten pulled. Um, and then in the most recent interview with this team, with this player, uh, he explained his fight, his, his behavior, by saying, I was pissed off, and then asked if San Jose Sharks were chirping him as he was leaving. Bennington said, not really. I wanted them to say something, but not really. <laughs> and I turned... 180 and decided that this psychopath is an absolute legend and I would die for him. <laughs> He's our psychopath. Oh my That's god. That's sort of um, where I went to. When I watched him do it, I was kind of like, I wasn't like, oh, how could he? But it was more just in my head. I was like, oh boy. It was more like an indictment of the whole team where I was like, oh, this is where we're at now, huh? We got to have the goalie go out and start getting uh, pissed. I'm like, is that even, you know, what's going to happen next? Pretty much, I went to bed thinking, I see, 7 3 drubbing. Here we go. Um, but as time has worn on pretty much just the next day, almost like, you know, if I'm any other team and that's their goalie, you know, that's Corey Crawford doing that to us or whatever in a regular season, I'm like, man, what a baby. Or doing it to Vince Dunn in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. Enough. Shoving Robbie Fabry into the glass. Oh, Robbie yeah, Fabry. Yeah, yeah. I knew it wasn't Vince Dunn. I'd be like. <sighs> that was the wildest. Yeah. When And then Robbie Fabry got, got the, the penalty. penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I'd be like, man, what a baby. But I wouldn't take it as like so personally. I feel mm. like a lot of people outside of the Blues organization, fans, I should say, have taken this very like, oh, I can't believe what mm. Bennington has done. And I'm like, he's just a, if it's any if it's a skater, if that's a Vander King gets pissed that he got a penalty, he shoves a guy and he tries to get in a fight when he's getting pulled off the ice, they would say on a highlight and a Vander Kane wasn't very happy about that and that'd be it. That'd yeah. be, there'd oh, be no sure. more for talk sure. of this. I get that it's a goalie thing. I understand that. But I'm kind of happy that your goalie's a little pissed and that angry. And it would be slightly different if, let's say, like you said, he's done this like three or four other times throughout his whole career. Like juniors uh-huh. and the minors and stuff. But if he's doing this like non-stop and it's like, holy shit, dude. Like You gotta, you, like, gotta cool it. But he does it like it seems thus far at kind of opportune times mm-hmm. where he's feeling it and it kind of gets the team going and and hey he's, he's not punching Zach Sanford in the face it's not another teammate so that's right. a plus that would never <laughs> yeah. um it's and just... he's pissed at himself too mm-hmm. which is like you know i don't want him to that's be what i mean he's case, not bl- he like... doesn't blaming anyone yeah. he's not like you know the sharks were doing this and yeah. this is bs he's just pretty much like he's a soft spoken guy oddly Sometimes. enough <laughs> yeah and he's just kind of like you know I, that's what I take from it when he says, you know, they weren't saying anything, and I kind of want him to. It's just that he's trying to rev the team up, and it gets under their skin, obviously, because they all had sharks all had comments about it. Uh-huh. And I did like how Dubnik's comment was essentially like, I kind of went over and would be like, hey man, just cool. <laughs> and then he tried to fight me. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> I would have loved to see him 
love to see that fight with Devin Dubnik towering over Jordan Bennington. So that was the funny thing where they were like, he's... Milkman face. <laughs> where they were like, oh, Devin Dubnik's a lot bigger, so you don't want to go with him. And I'm like, eh. But he's also like Jordan a lanky-ass goalie, so who gives a shit? Jordan Bennington has a shank shoved into his pads. He's a psychopath. Yeah. Jordan Bennington called his live-in girlfriend his roommate. That man's cold-blooded. <laughs> On a video, just to In put front of her. Place. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy, history making. This man, I, I, he, he is, um, not at all to the same extent, but he is Tom Wilson. If he was on any other team, I would despise him. Mm. And I know that. I think that's the importance about being, mm. about having that player, though, is you've got to acknowledge it. If yeah. you've got the Brad Marchand, don't be the guy who's like, licking people's perfectly normal just be <laughs> yeah like, i would do it you know <laughs> just be like yeah it's fucking crazy don't you love that like yeah. it's, it's insane i love him you know like that's fine that's the line you can walk and look like you said it worked out not just in this game but the momentum has seemed to carry and this was a team that if they have lost a few of these games boy we would have been talking about this team is certain to miss the playoffs mm. Uh, we were talking about it last week. So, you know, this is a big turnaround at the right time, and I don't know if it's going to last. We are playing crap opponents right mm. now, but you got to get the points against the crap opponents. That's something we always complain about in other seasons. So. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you can only beat the teams they give you, and it's like, you know, you have to beat these teams, and I my hot take, my hot... Uh... My positive take is that at least this builds momentum. Yeah. So they're like, hey, we beat these three teams, we beat these two teams three times in a row, and then we get to ramp into LA, who we're not as good against. Maybe we'll be better against. And then when you get when we get Vegas. Faced LA, though, they were red hot. I yeah, don't know yeah. If they're going to be a little cooler now. Now that Minnesota's dealt with them. Good job, Minnie. That's right. Thank you, Carol. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Carol. Zach Sanford steps up after this fracas. Uh, Frankus, one of my favorite words, not used enough. Uh, just under eight minutes later, he gets a puck behind the net. He fights <laughs> off a check from uh, Dylan Gambro. He turns in front. He slides a puck through Dubnik, Dubnik on the reverse VH because Dubnik is an asshole. Also, and I think Joey Vitale even said it on the broadcast, the most goals scored on a goalie in the least amount of shots without getting pulled. Yeah. Insane. It's crazy. <laughs> Does that, the Sharks are just like... Um, the sharks are just like if we pull them, we're putting in Martin Jones. So what's the yeah, whatever. Uh, we just pull the goalie. Why don't they? They should just pull the goalie and have six on five for like the entire period. See much I better. don't understand why. Oh no. Uh, here's the thing. Here's what I don't get. The whole logic is supposed to be like, yeah, pull your goalie at like nine minutes, and you'll mm. have the advantage. Like, if that's true, then. What if you just did six on five the whole time? This is that thing of like, uh, you know, like the the statistics show that if you went for two every time in the NFL, you'd win more games. Mm -hmm. But the coach who had to try it would be fired long before he got <laughs> oh, to yeah. prove that. I think that would be the thing. That's true. Uh, but this was this was a great Zach Sanford play. This is what makes Zach Sanford so freaking maddening. I love Jeremy Rutherford. I love him to death. But he had the temerity to tweet at some point this week something like, are any Blues fans out there warming up to Zach Sanford? And I even retweeted it and said, no, Jeremy, because this is what Zach Sanford does. Didn't you He's... ask me like two podcasts ago like what my thoughts were yeah. on Zach Sanford? Like, same shit. It's <laughs> yeah, always. It is. You're dead on. He, 
He does this. He'll be red hot for two weeks, and then he'll be like barely a fourth liner for two weeks. I hope he's. I hope he stays in this gear forever, and he never changes, and he's just like the new Jaden Schwartz. And listen, even if he doesn't, we still did just fine in that uh, Kevin Shattenkirk trade. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm fine with what Zach Sanford has yeah. given us, Steve. He's given us a Stanley Cup Game Seven goal. Uh, and a whole great he he was great that entire series. I would make the Kevin Shattenkirk trade every day of my life just to do that again. We'll talk about Kevin <laughs> Shattenkirk here in a minute. But I, I this is just who Zach Sanford That's is. That's the thing. Yeah, and I'm just I, starting I, I to live with that. People are like, man, he's really increasing his trade value, and I'm kind of like, you know what? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> trade, yeah. Him one, trade him one of these times. He's red hot. You know, pull the wool over the eyes of, I don't know, what's some GM that can be tricked into anything? The Sabres GM. You know? <laughs> I don't want anything Keyline off that Adams. team. Oh, God, that guy. Oh, what a bag of tricks he's inherited. I don't know that he's any good, Kevin Adams, but uh, oof, he Sorry. walked into a bad situation. Mackenzie McEachern, not Mackenzie Whistle, but Mackenzie McEachern scores his first goal of the season. Sanford and McEachern got a shorthanded breakaway against Brent Burns. Brent Burns cannot defend. Not good. Mm-hmm. I don't like Brent Burns at all. <laughs> I think he's one of the most overrated players in this league. They talk about him. They even talked about Thirty One Thoughts to like his one of his defensive partners, like Mario Ferraro. Uh-huh. Uh Like I think it's the second year, and they're like, oh, "How does it feel to be paired with Brent Burns? You're going up against top." You know, you're going against top lines there. And he had some canned answer. And I was like, man, they're going up against top lines? That's too bad. Yeah. I was like, you suck at D. I was like, you know what? Honestly, it's kind of rotten. It's I just gotta, me, bro. I it's just me. my fair share of the work, and it sucks. Um, but anyway, Samford popped it to McEachern, and it was a nice goal. You think, hey, five to four blues. This one's probably on the way to over. Nope. Kevin LeBanc <laughs> scores. Uh, Bortuzzo got upended by LeBanc. Um, or he upended him, but he didn't really mark him afterwards and just kind of puck watched. The puck got behind to Leonard. Mikola didn't defend him very well. LeBanc collapsed to get the net and gets the pass to beat Husa. This is like one of the goals I allow in my defensive, uh, my defensive be a player in NHL 21. It's like, hey, I checked somebody. That means the whole play is over, right? (laughs) It wasn't over. It it developed. Yeah. (laughs) There were more steps to that. But then Ryan O'Reilly scores a goal. Uh, this is this has all happened in the first three minutes and twenty seconds of this period. Ryan O'Reilly makes it six to five. Zach Sanford shoved LeBanc off the puck. O'Reilly got it, and then after a fox shot, O'Reilly found the rebound, knocks it home. That's the goal. O'Reilly seventh goal of the season. Justin Falk, just his fourth assist. Man, I do think Real that guy. Has, I do think that guy has been good. But he is not on the point sheet as much as you would think mm-hmm. for what he used to be. I guess he's still not getting like first power play time though. So maybe yeah, when you hear time. that he scores a goal, that's and you're like, I wonder how many other points he has. That's, that's the point. The you yeah, just saw yeah, it. You got it. <laughs> but yeah, no, no disrespect to Justin Falk, been great he's this been great. year. But yeah, he's not a not he's a had, score he's had sheet a few guy games this far. Lately, where it's like, oh. uh, don't don't be last year's <laughs> yeah, Justin Falk. Uh, Logan Couture. Oh. With... <laughs> I don't know why I'm, I'm laughing at myself, people. That was a weird noise to make. Uh, he, there was some tricky passing. Burns took a shot. Couture tipped it in. 
Apparently, there are people not named Joe Pavelski that are still on the Sharks that can also tip pucks. Mm, that can't be. But true. they're not as underrated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you be any more underrated no. than Joe Pavelski? Oh my Pavelski? god, he's so underrated. He's completely forgotten. Dude's in underground, baby. Oh, <laughs> and he ain't velvet. And then Marco <laughs> Scandella. This is uh, forty-five seconds after that last <laughs> goal. Uh, Mike Hoffman moved to puck out the boards. Carlson totally whiffed it. Oh, there was not enough made of, of Eric Carlson's role on this goal. It was bad. He could have just prevented it, and he did not. Uh, Sunquist <laughs> gathered it, hit Scandella with a beautiful backdoor feed for his second ever Blues goal and his second goal of the night. And this that was the end of the scoring, but the game was chaotic. Uh, Kane threw a temper tantrum. There was that a real weird normal. situation with the clock at the end. Baruby pulled down his mask and straight down the barrel. The camera was queer as day. The camera was so queer uh, that my mom read it and <laughs> saw what he said on his mouth. Uh, he said, what the fuck is going on? And he was all of us. That was the whole, we were all in emotion. And that was everyone watching this game was that sent- sentiment. Uh, and Houston made a final late save, glove save, that uh, kept the boys in it. And the, and the boys won 7-6, to six, a game that would be called by the title of the 31 Thoughts podcast, the greatest game ever, question mark, or something to that effect. We won two-thirds of the face-offs. We were 2-6 and six on the penalty kill. Uh, or 4-6. and six. Either way, it's bad. Um, <laughs> and 0-2 on the power play. More hits. More penalty minutes, more blocks, etc., etc., etc. What a game! I mean, this I'm I I pity you that you slept, but also not really. It was insane. It was I don't feel like I experienced it. It was amazing and terrible. It was a good game in that way that a really bad game is a good game. Mm-hmm. You know, I had completely like I was still sort of half awake, and I just completely had not kept up with it or uh-huh. checked on it at all which i would normally do if i wasn't watching just to see what's going on and i think it was like i woke up at like two in the morning and i was like what was the score and it was like seven six I was like what the fuck <laughs> and then i was just like this is going to be an interesting morning for me <laughs> but uh from what i watched and everything yeah it's it's chaotic it's crazy i mean the blues obviously with some of their i, I was gonna say they didn't look they didn't look particularly good before the Bennington, uh, before the Bennington meltdown, I mean they were obviously scoring here and there, but their defense looked poor. It was mm-hmm. just a shootout of a game. Um, but I was glad to see them be able to score that much, even without uh, like seven NHL regulars. That's a good sign, um, and it made me feel, at very least, if you couldn't get behind the win as a positive, you get behind the fact that hey, it looks like this team can do some stuff, even without. Preko and Thomas and Bozak and Schwartz yeah. and Barbashev and Tarasenko yeah, and all of them. scoring seven goals with the lineup we had. Mm. And getting goals from McKecker and, and yeah, you had from con- new contributors. And one from Sanford and... Blay and Blay. Man, scoring. it was all over the place. Yeah. And Shin and O'Reilly. But that's, you know, you hope you get a goal for those guys and then the other guys are cake. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford tweeted, three nights after leaving the game when the puck hit him in the face... And Scandella left that game bleeding like a stuck pig. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Uh, he scored twice, was a plus four, had fly, five block shots in 25-28 of ice time. Uh, pretty impressive. Um, 
But Army uh, said some thoughts on the Bennington exit Saturday. Uh, he was frustrated with the goal. Did you add these in? I don't feel like I said Yeah, I've added them in. Uh, he was frustrated with the goal that went in. Do, doing those other things, that doesn't bother me at all. It's a competitive player that was angry, that wanted to show his teammates he didn't go to the bench angry at them. He was angry at himself. Hey, I said that. See? Astute. There we go. Uh, it's a game. It's a sport. You love emotion. It's interesting. As a league, we sell emotion, and then when someone shows emotion, people are angry at them. This guy. Yeah, I, I know. like this man's uh, Doug Armstrong. Mm. <laughs> Did he cross the line? Sure. Big deal. It's not like anybody got hurt. I think people made too big of a deal out of it. Mm, I'm feeling this. I'm I'm sympathetic with GM. this whole thing. Uh, now, maybe I'm a little bit showing my age, but if that's the worst thing that happens in the NHL this year, I think it's been a pretty snowflake <laughs> Never mind. That's the legend status. <laughs> I think it's been a pretty snowflake year. Oh, man. Yes, and by the way, seriously using the word snowflake is certainly showing your <laughs> age. Oh, what a legend! Amazing. I'm sorry, I should have let you read. No, that. no, I'm surprised more people that people didn't make more of his comments. Yeah. I guess maybe it's be maybe it's because he's an old GM guy, and they're like, yeah. ah, of course he'd say that yeah, shit. He's an old white man. But yeah, um, that's awesome. Great I for him. That. And uh, you know, they mentioned on Thirty One Thoughts, Army was pretty. We talked about it a week or two ago. Army was pretty much just straightforward with like, yeah, Bennington's going to make a lot of money and we're going to be the team that pays it to mm-hmm. him. Um, yeah, I get he's a goalie and goalies can be up and down and consistent, but Armstrong has also made a very, it's very clear that if you put in the work for this team, they're going to give you the contract. Yeah. They did it with Shen. Um to do with somebody else, I guess not Falk, but it's like they didn't do it with Petrangelo, obviously, because it was too high. It. Yeah, it's like they They'll do it with Schwartz, probably. Yeah, that's I was gonna say, yeah, with that one. but he's gone to Sunquist, yeah, that, he's know? gone to bat for these guys, saying, like, hey, they've been here for a while, they've contributed to this cup win. Obviously, Bennington has a lot to do with that as well. That I get with a goalie, you're it's a little different, but I think he's backing up words he's already spoken, but also the alternative. But yeah, what is I looked at our the goalie like it's, UFA class. It's, it's very thing, poor. Well, but it's one thing if you're talking about like a Carey Price contract, which is obviously a disaster, mm-hmm. or a Sergei Bobrovsky contract. But the alternative is w- the entire rest of Blues history, which is guys in the door and guys out the door and guys in the door and guys out the door. And that's the reason that Brian frickin' Elliott, <laughs> whom I love, and he was a god for five years here, but he's your franchise leader in most goalie categories because he had five hot years and we've never had a goalie for five straight years any other time <laughs> pretty much that so your alternative to paint you have there in the goalie market you have like four options you can either have a goalie who's young and good and you just haven't had to pay him yet mm-hmm. or you can have a goalie who's not as good as he wasn't overpaid those are the two ends of the spectrum in the middle, you can have a goalie that you're probably paying a little too much and probably a little uncomfortable with because he's inconsistent. A uh, Connor Hellebuck, you know, who's got a big contract recently. Even a Tuka Rask, who until more recently has been up and down. 
or, you know, a Jordan Bennington probably making six a year, 6.5. All of those guys, nobody, there are times where every, for every goalie, there's always going to be a time where you're like, ooh, a six and a half million for that guy. Yeah. The alternative is you've got Peter Mrazek or Cam Talbot. And you can pay $3.5 million for Peter Mrazek or Cam Talbot, but congratulations, you've got Peter Mrazek <laughs> and Cam Talbot. I was like, yeah, you're not very good. The whole thing about the Carolina Hurricanes is, can they win with Peter Mrazek? And the answer is always no. <laughs> so, like, what? You can't, There's no perfect balance here. In, unless you have Andre Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, we're paying him $10 million. He's also the best goalie in hockey. So what do you want to do? <laughs> you know, he's the best goalie yeah. on the best team. That's fine. But even like what? John Gibson, great goalie, bad team. He's never, he can't, you know, he's going to get some contract that probably underpays him. Frederick Anderson, only aging goalie on a good team. He's hotly debated. Like there, nobody is really satisfied with their goalie situation. Um, and I just think 6.5, even 7 is probably higher than I want to go. Mm-hmm. But even if it gets there and it's just 7 flat for 5 or 6 years, fine. Like, you just, then he's just here. And that's... I know, you need some stability back there. You can't just go from your cup-winning goalie to be like, well, we need to we need to cut some money and we need to save at that position in I particular. Like, I realize that Jake Allen has been extraordinary mm-hmm. this year, and he was last year. And I know that that means that forever, anytime Bennington struggles, there will be some segment of the fan base that's like, we should have just kept Jake Allen. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, do people want to live the way we lived with Jake Allen for four years? Is that what you want? Because that's also the alternative. You can pay four point three million for Jake Allen, which was too much money, and not good enough results. And you can just wonder all the time, like I, I don't know. I'm, we've talked too much about it, but it's just like just pay the man. You just pay him. That's yeah. Thank you. The Blues face the Anaheim Ducks, <laughs> uh, and. Um, Dakota Joshua made his NHL debut and scored his first goal. This is a guy that I was sure would never touch the NHL eyes. So, shows you how bad our injury situation is, but look, good for him. He's a chapter in a future Ken Reed book. It's going to be great. Uh, has he played since then? Maybe he's a chapter in two future Ken Reed books. I think he played in the next game, Did didn't he? Did he play yeah, yesterday? Yeah. Okay. Someone was, because I think JR was tweeting that. I didn't really notice him out there, but JR seemed uh, to say, oh, he looked really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a positive way. But he did look good in, in what I saw of him for, you know, bottom six guy. Billy Huso is getting better in this game. He allowed a, his first goal on the second shot. He's just like us. He's improving. He's getting better. It's marginal, but he it's promises. Oh, baby. Mikola tried to carry in behind the Ducks net. Mikola's had a couple of not-so-great plays at the start of games lately. That'll happen. It was a mistake. The Ducks broke out, broke out with speed. Comtois hits Lundestrom crossing the line, and Lundestrom buries it. I'm... I, I want you to d- do a thought exercise with me, Ian. No. Um, <laughs> thanks. Thank you. Um, I want you to think about... I want you to put yourself in the mindset of three years ago. Every time I read a Ducks goal okay. and see 
what you would be thinking when I read these names to you. Because oh, no. this team has changed so much, and I don't even know that it's happening. I just thought they just became bad, but with all the same players. <laughs> Zach Sam, or no, we just skipped a bunch. Uh, Jordan Cairo, oh my god, this kid freaking dangles when there isn't any room to dangle. Mm. And he didn't even move his feet on this goal. He's just so fast that he's gliding across the face of the net. And moves around... uh, I I typed Bennington here. I hope it wasn't Bennington. (laughs) Moved around uh, Gibson. No problem. Ipso facto, it's a goal. It was a great pass by O'Reilly. A nice thread of the needle around, like, in between a guy's legs and, like, two guys trying to defend him. Oh, beautiful. The whole thing. Uh, chef's kiss. Sometime in this period, Marco Scandella took high stick to the face. Oh, Jesus, leave his face alone. apparently false teeth. But leave this man's face alone like, like Ian Why? said. Stop messing oh, with his beautiful you, face. Do you see there were Blues players looking for his teeth? Yes. Oh, which is I mean, what a great what a great team, you know, we have here. But also, oh, I don't like that. I'm not picking him up. Uh, if you're there Steven found- Steven is that one over there yeah. you're like no I'm just like skid away I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it pretty is sure it is it looks like no I gotta go get some water hey Ray would you check uh, maybe I'm wrong you're the medical expert why don't you why get over you there get here let me let you help you wobble on over <laughs> David Perron scored early in the second period. Shim broke up and played at the blue line, the blue zone, uh, and sped up ice. He made a suicide pass to David Perron. Uh, but sometimes when you're red hot, it works out, and Perron did. Oh, I remember watching this and being like, what a dumb fucking pass you just made. And then Perron scored, I'm like, oh, but I smelled brilliant. brilliant. So good. So good. Uh, yeah, you forgive a lot when it works. Um, and then uh. Zach Sanford scored. He's scoring in a lot of consecutive games. They scored on a power play, Ian. Uh, he tipped it in front of the net. He's a real David Backus. That's right. Dunn had an amazing keep in at the blue line. Vince Dunn, that's his one elite skill. This is like... He's much better at it than Alex Petrangelo. This is like Joe Pavelski with dangle, with uh, redirects. Vince Dunn, you ain't getting a puck past him at the blue line. Uh, he got the puck back at the blue line. He shot it. Sanford redirected it for the goal. And then... 13 seconds later on the game clock, looks like. Dakota Joshua. McEachern forces a turnover at center ice. Clifford took a shot, and the rebound bounces off of Joshua. Not his stick, mm-hmm. but his like leg or something. For his first NHL goal, hey, it still counts. Mm-hmm. Kyle Clifford gave him adorable head pats. On oh, the they were all so happy. Oh, mm. So, I mean, that's just it. You just love it. For he's like play. 24, though, right? Yeah, he's okay. Which is fine. Which is fine, Basically dead. I had like I had a real Wade Megan moment on uh, oh. online where people were like, "Oh, when did we draft this guy?" And I was like, "No, no, 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 not the same, not the same." He's not quite that, but he's pretty close. Yeah. He was uh, a player that the Maple Leafs couldn't sign mm. out of Ohio State, and he had a good Ohio State yeah. career. Uh, we traded for future considerations for him, signed him to an ELC immediately. He even looked okay with the Rampage. But he is definitely one of those guys that, like, pre, uh, well, we've got the prospect pyramid somewhere. I guess it's behind me. But he was a tier six, I know for a fact. Because it just strikes you as a guy that's like, okay. And then in, like, three years, I'll look up his name because it'll occur to me. And he's like, oh, he plays for the Chicago Steel. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. That Dakota is, Joshua, tier five now, I say. Okay. Complimentary <laughs> tier up, five. Uh, and, uh, you know, that uh, looked to be the end of the game. <sighs> it wasn't. Um, Isaac Lundestrom, uh, assisted by Ricard Raquel, 34 seconds into the third period. The old 
Magnus Payarvi play. Lundstrom just sped around Scandella oh. behind the net and around in front and tucked it in to beat Hugh so fast. When you said a Magnus Payarvi play, I was going to say the unsuccessful wraparound. Oh, right, you're, right. you're right. I should have. I should clarify. Uh, it's like he tried it, but he actually was successful, worked. so he failed the Magnus Payarvi uh, play. That's too bad, though. This was pretty much prevented, but it was like because it hit Bennington or Bennington, oh, Huso yeah. right in the pad and it just rolled back before it he could have... Yeah. unfortunate for sure. Uh, then he scored again. There was chaos in the circle. The puck trickled back to uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, our old friend. Shattenkirk with Shat six assists for this pathetic team. Uh, he took a <laughs> shot that Lunderstrom managed to redirect for the hat tricks. Congratulations Isaac with 1A. Which to me means he's a make-believe person. I don't like that his name is Lundestrom. It's yeah. not Lundstrom, no. it's Lundestrom. And they pronounced it very intentionally that way. Uh, it's <laughs> this four, is intentional. It's, it's four to three, you're squeezing your cheeks a little bit, but another shorthanded goal! Zach Sanford this time. Uh, on the penalty kill, Sanford throw, throws the puck, the Hail Mary uh, empty net, uh, and he hits it. He sniped it. Good work, Zach Sanford. Sixth goal of the season. Justin Falk and assist. Justin Falk's red hot with those assists. Yeah, he goes, oh, we I don't want to be a Sion. We shot on him, and he's like, he's here, buddy. And then Ryan Getzlav, uh, 19-minute uh, shot from the point. And then I think there were two rebounds off of Huso, and finally Getzlav got it knocked in, assisted by Silverberg and Max Jones. Minimum Jones, Max Jones. This was... A weird game. They have a weird names there. Troy Terry, Max That's Jones. what I was telling you about that three yeah. that three years ago thing. Um, Who are these people? I don't hand. like it. Uh, Blues outshot the Ducks. They were uh, outchanced in the high danger and expected goal. Well, not in the expected goal department, but, uh, you know, pretty even game. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks lost their seventh in the in a row, and it shows you how little I or anyone else cares about the Anaheim Ducks. That after their next loss, which was their eighth in the row, I was surprised to learn that <laughs> I had not picked up at any point in the seventh game that they were on a seven-game losing streak. People just don't seem to care. Ian, you uh, you saw more of this game than I did, I believe, or did you see the start? Which no, game? we both didn't see the start of this last game, right? Oh, the final game. Yeah. The final game. Um, I didn't see the Oscar Sunquist goal. Okay, I saw the so rest we're of both, it. We're both saw about the same then. Huh. Uh, what uh, What did you think of that last game? Any thoughts on that? I was happy to see us score on the power play. Did we score on the power play in the in the uh, Sharks game? I don't think we did. Uh, no, we did not. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Even if it was just scored the one, I felt... I felt it feels good. Well, I feel like if we can pot at least one of the power play, things are looking up. Ian, if you like power play goals, I got I got great news for you, baby. Oodles. In. We got oodles of them. This was a national game, and you could tell it was a national game because it, it was on NBCSN, <laughs> and Kenny Albert was doing commentary, and I normally love I Kenny, Kenny Albert, Albert. his weird mouse horsey face. Right? Yeah, he's got a mouse face. Uh, he's got the Peter Pettigrew look. Yes. On. Yeah, I guess it's uh, a rap yeah, face, but that but, sounds mean. But yeah, exactly. 
Uh, and uh, Dominic Moore was debuting on Color Commentary. And listen, I thought he actually had good insights. Yeah. I'd love to have him on the podcast. The words Dom, you said were great. You sounded dead inside. <laughs> the emotion whole, wasn't there. I turned into this game. I thought the audio was broken because they were both just so muffled and like indifferent. <laughs> and listen, I know that these people don't care about a struggling half dead blues team and uh, a seven loss and a duck team. So there's a struggling loss. team and the ducks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you got to pretend that's your job. Yeah, come on. You know those those other NBC fucking shills will oh, watch fucking Pierre, Detroit play uh, Carolina. Tim Pierre Maguire's credit. Every hockey game he watches is like just snorting a rail of cocaine. That man loves this sport. I don't like him, but if he was watching this game, he would have so many facts about Dakota mm-hmm. Joshua. Just so many. Mm-hmm. He'd know his sixth grade PE teacher's... Uh, Third wife's name and old Melinda. A, a Mormon? Yeah, oh, for sure. Because he's not divorced. It's no, his new right. third wife. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, his third <laughs> current, current wife. wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, Blues won this game. I don't know. It was close, but I don't think it was that close. It's one of those where, like, it ended up being a one goal game, but I feel like the Blues just kind of had it. This felt like more of a decisive victory than yeah. the last one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Krug kept a puck in at the line, backhanded it to Perron. Sunquist was all alone in front and just did the whoop 180 and got it behind Gibson uh, side to side on the front. Our Texas. defensemen are good at keeping we it in the zone. We need to talk about Oscar Sunquist. I think we need to get rid of him. Because this man is a god. It's very this good. This man isn't... You know, Sidney Crosby had high praise for him. And it's always like... <laughs> yeah. But what does Sidney Crosby know? Wasn't that kind About of your anything. response? That was my response. I was like, oh, he'll pu- he'd pump anybody's well, that's, tires. I guess that's what I thought. You know? I was like, he knows plenty, but he's just going to be like, oh, he used to be a... We played on a line together one time. Great guy. Love him. But I guess Sidney Crosby uh, didn't he, enjoy that he got traded. Yeah, but he was like really like, oh, I told him this was a mistake. These idiots. Um, a real Tarasenko Panarin moment. Yeah, exactly. Only in reverse. That hurts my soul to think about that. <laughs> I love to think that he like told Doug Armstrong and then Doug Armstrong like then was like, yeah, I'm going to go talk to, uh, I'm going to talk to Hitch about it right now. And then he like walked out of the room and then into his car and drove home <laughs> because he was like, I can't bring this to Hitch. Was that true? Hitch, that will, Hitch will bite my head off. I can believe that. Well, I know, I know Tarasenko told either Hitch or Armstrong, like, hey, we should like look into this dude. And they were like, I don't know. All right. Yeah. And they, I mean, and I then they didn't. Part, but, but yeah. I know this Hitch specifically. Was <laughs> oh, great. I'm sure Hitch was like, fuck that. Well, sure. Oscar Sundquist, though, <laughs> steps right onto the power play and is immediately scoring goals on a power play that can't score goals. He's just, a real Switzerland th- army knife. This is... <laughs> I don't know why that got me. Uh, yeah, he just... He does... He goes... He just goes like that. He is fantastic. You put him in any role, the fir- first through fourth line... Penalty kill, power play. Remember when he was Magnus PRV for a season, though? I mean, in the sense that he was just a guy. Yeah. For the first season we had him. And then he got concussed. (laughs) And we were fine. It woke him back up. It was Uh, all fine. Thank you, Tom Wilson. You've done a great service (laughs) for the (laughs) The guy's awesome. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I just I think do we do need to celebrate him a little bit because I'm convinced you could slap this guy on third pairing D and he'd just like make it work for a day, the way Jake Wallman did not make it work when he was. <laughs> How'd you like to be a forward? Oh, you wouldn't. Bye bye, <laughs> Jake. Uh, you know we've been jerking you around this organization for a long time, but it's uh, it's finally your time. We're gonna give you a shot on the fourth line. Uh, hey, uh, you know, don't you mean the third pairing coach? Oh, no. Listen to this one. Listen to what I'm about to throw on you, Jakey. Oh, the boys score another it's again, and it's another power play goal. There was a tight face-off when Sunquist once again kicks the puck back to Krug, moved it over to Shen, moved it, and sniped Bar down. That's Mike Hoffman, baby. That this double Mike Hoffman, Hoffman goal. goal. Yeah. Braden Shen, like you mentioned, red hot. Maxime Comtois, Troy Terry, and uh, Ryan Getzlav team up for a goal. Getzlav gave O'Reilly a, a miss, a dodge behind the net, and passed over to Troy Terry, who I swear uh, scores, but apparently he didn't, and Comtois jammed it in. I thought it's one of those where it goes like off the bar and down, and I swear this one was actually in, uh, but I guess he didn't, and Comtois finished it. Uh, but it's no, there's no reason to fear because mostly Jordan Cairo and a little bit Zach Sanford are here. There's another power play goal. Cairo got the puck. It's almost a, a mirror image of his goal, uh, from the night before, from the game before. Mm. Crashed the net from the side. Very similar, but he couldn't bury it and Sanford was there to tap it into a basically empty net for his fourth goal in three games and his fifth and sixth. Very red hot Zach Sanford. The, the guy, totally like unprecedented. I said, he's he's five years ago David Backus. Oh, Ricard was re, six five, seven years ago. This year's David Backus was in this game. Was he actually? Yeah. If remember, because he fell on Cairo or something. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh no, he tried to Mikola? fight Mikola. Uh, <laughs> that that is freaking as predictable. Classic. <laughs> Which I one of you looks young? Uh, I tweeted. Because uh, in the AEW, there was a, a former Four Horsemen from like the 70s mm. that wrestled his first match on uh, that night's AEW. Uh, when, and he's 67, uh, and he wrestled his first oh, match no. since like 1984. Um, and he's passed. He's since passed. <laughs> he did not survive. But I tweeted, watching David Backus play for the Ducks would be like if I had to watch Tully Blanchard wrestle a match tonight. But it was like it was a joke because he had. Uh, but it was bad. Um, folks don't get that joke. It was too inside. Even for I'm me. sorry. But I the had, cats don't enjoy I it. I made the joke for my brother who does appreciate it. And then I was like, well, I got to just see what the folks think. They didn't. Folks, we're going to have a poll. Tommy, we're going to have a poll listen, on that Tommy joke. Tommy Hummel and I connected. And as long as my jokes appeal to one person. Hey, you know what? You know, I'm, if that's I'm, true. And I brighten Tommy's day a little bit. That's a job well done. We just make each other that's laugh. A, and we don't care about the rest there. of you. He's a good man slaving away, serving the, the Blues Twitter community. So you know what? <laughs> Give a lot Hummeltown a follow at Hummeltown on Twitter. Say Tully Blanchard doomed for us, you know, because that's something he's going to love following him. <laughs> uh, Ricard Raquel scores late in this game. Nine seconds left. It's a weird play. Fowler fired it from center ice. Zegris running into traffic and dropped it. It was uh, Trevor Zegris's first first point as an Anaheim Duck scored against the St. Louis Blues. It will not be. I was like, probably not last. many more. Yeah. This man is going to be 
a god. He drew a penalty on Ryan O'Reilly today in this game mm. that was just like, yeah, because Ryan O'Reilly could do nothing but hold this man. You know, Ryan O'Reilly, the guy who had two different we've, seasons where he committed only two penalties. We've ruined Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, he's he's committing right and left. He's a thug. Um, Bennington probably didn't see that goal, but who cares? There's nine seconds left. The boys won. He's got 12 uh, penalty minutes this year. Oh my god. Yeah, not good. Um... This, like you said, I think felt like more of a dominating win than the last game, even if it wasn't. Still didn't have the high danger chances. Way, way worse unexpected goals uh, at all strengths. Um, but we were actually better at expected goals at even strength, even though all our goals were on the power play. But hey, you win some that way. We were 3-for-3 three three on the power play. The Ducks were 0-for-3 on the power play. And that's like the only difference in this game. Got some quotes from Jeremy Rutherford of players. Berube on Samford. He's using his strength and his size moving, and he's making smart, really smart puck, puck plays. He's <laughs> competing really hard on pucks, hanging on to them, and finding ways to get pucks to the net. How many times can you say pucks in one sentence, Lindy Ruff? Uh, he scored a goal tonight via, uh, being at the net. Yeah? Berube on going for three for three. I thought... Monty, I love this. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford tweets things like, I thought, parentheses, assistant coach Jim Montgomery, when I know what Craig Berube said was Monty. Uh, <laughs> I thought Monty and the players really broke down how we were going to attack Anaheim's penalty kill. These low plays around the net were open. They did a good job and took advantage of it. Uh, Krug talked about Bennington after losing three in a row. I, I think he knew coming in after what happened last game that he wanted to step up and be the leader that he is for our team and be our backbone. Tonight he got the result and he played great. He also talked about the special teams. It's been a long time coming. Obviously that's the job of the power play and the penalty kill to do the job that you're asked and push your team into a position to come out with a win and that's what happened. It was good. Hopefully we can keep this momentum going. And finally, Sunquist, who had a goal and assist on getting power play time. Obviously, you need to believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Uh, it feels like I've been getting more comfortable playing with these guys. It's a nice feeling to be out there with them. And in tribute to Yori Laterra, he said, when you want pizza, you go to Pizza Hut. And if you want goals, you go to the front of the net. Rest in peace, Yori. <laughs> Held it in. He's in prison, right? Uh, I don't know if he actually is. He should be, certainly. But probably like it's like regular. It's like the oh, very it's light. like finished prison, yeah, which is basically like a hotel. <laughs> yeah. What's the like better than a super eight? Like this was a Ramada Inn. He's oh, basically yeah. in a Ramada Inn. <laughs> Ramada Inn, correct? With a gate. <laughs> That's a Ramada Inn, but With there's a gate. gate. He knows the <laughs> <laughs> He uh, must come back. Not, He's asked very strictly not to use it after sundown. I was like, you must come back before the sun is down. Um, this team is a hot, uh, is a red hot. <laughs> a hot mess, but they're red hot. <laughs> they're both. I don't know what to think. Tell me about the injuries, Ian. How's the how's the injury situation? Is it good? It's getting there. Uh, Armstrong had a little bit of a state of the blues with some of the uh, the blues media this past week. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on one second. 
in in September 2018, police in Finland announced that they had conducted a raid on Yori Latera's home, resulting in several arrests and the seizure of cocaine. Latera was not home at the time, but police believe that he is involved in in a distribution ring with about 20 other people. On on the 1st of January 2019, it was reported that Latera was not involved in the distribution part of the ring, just purchasing and possessing. (laughs) He just did the cocaine. Oh, boy. That seems fair. Yeah, he just purchased it and possessed it. There's nothing wrong with that. That man is a Winter Olympics bronze medalist. Mm. And a world championship silver medalist. But he probably sold those for cocaine. Probably. <laughs> uh, amazing. All right. Uh, injuries. Tell us. Oh, yeah. Great, great Ooh, stuff. Oh, he was Good convicted. Stuff. Yeah. He's the Thurman in. Four months suspended jail sentence. Oh, but it was suspended. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go to what jail, but mean? not yet. Does that mean it's delayed and you can do it when you want? Or does you can that do it when you want. I'm not going to be able to make the next couple meetings because I've scheduled my, uh, my fucking <laughs> jail time. <laughs> you imagine you're on a Zoom call. Hey, guys, uh, I can't make the Thursday uh, at 1 p.m. I'm going to be in jail. Uh, it's the whole thing. Don't worry about it. Uh, but I'm, I'm breaking just... it in piecemeal. I'm doing like a, an afternoon <laughs> once a week, and we're gonna, you know, get the sentence over with Lickety Split. 17 years of one hour per week on Thursdays. Anything uh, I don't serve, my children serve, uh, but it's all right. Yeah, injuries, not as good, but better. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko, obviously out with a shoulder, but he's hopeful to play in the final four games of this road trip. Uh, I'm guessing he's probably going to play. If he doesn't play tomorrow, he's playing on Saturday. He's playing this weekend. But the next time we are recording, we will talk about Vladimir Tarasenko's return to the ice, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Thomas, thumb surgery, reevaluated, reevaluated in four weeks. Simon Barbashev, ankle surgery, reevaluated in six weeks. Jacob Delarose, lower body injury, reevaluated three weeks. Colton Preko, back. Jaden Schwartz, lower body. Tyler Bozak, concussion, out indefinitely which he then went on to clarify saying it sounds ominous but it just means he can't tell you when they'll be back which is ominous <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah that's bad uh Preko's injuries believed to be a bulging disc in his lower back oh it's bulging, uh, yeah it's probably baby. popping out the skin that's Ooh. a compound bulging disc compound <laughs> uh armstrong mentioned that surgery is the last option they want to take which but means they'll be the taking it <laughs> Means this summer you'll hear about Colbrego's back surgery. Oh boy! Uh, the one I find the most interesting is Schwartz is dealing with an oblique injury, which is what your part of your abdomen, I right? Think, right, your side, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, we're showing our uh, yeah. real, real tight knowledge. Of yeah, oblique. <laughs> I think that's like your one of your so- toes. Sorry, Mrs. Jowser, high school biology teacher. It is. It's your side. Same, we I got was it. correct. We nailed it. Uh, they said that's according to a source. Uh, and Armstrong said the injury occurred on specific play in the Blues 1-0 lost to Arizona on February 15th. Armstrong said it's a different injury than we are normally seeing. Uh, we're trying to get to the bottom of it. I think that it just needs time. It's a different injury in that the oblique is no longer there. Yeah. We asked him and he said he got him removed in childhood. So we don't know what's injured really. The vacant space that used to be the oblique. 
But I was like, what is this different injury? They're like, it's a little different. I am, and this isn't even, this isn't even really anything about the boys, but I am amazed that with how much medicine can and has accomplished, there are still some things that are like, I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah. You're going to send me to a specialist? Like, yeah, you're going to tell I, you the same thing, buddy. I spent, I spent, I sprained my ankle and foot real bad about four weeks ago. And I'm a lot better, but there's, there's still some pain and some tenderness and a little bit of a limp. And I know, because I, I know, because I went to the I went to the emergency room the first night and they were like, I don't know. And that cost me $1,400. Thanks, health insurance. <laughs> but I don't, I'm not going to go to a specialist now because he's just going to be like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. You know. I've done a lot of doctoring and I can tell you for a fact <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> and what, no one will here's know. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to rice. It's a clever analogy. Let me spell it out for you. I know what it means, doc. Just give me the bill and I'll go. <laughs> they're always like, I just think of the fact that they'll be talking to you about it and they're like, you know, at... At a certain age, too, like, the body just heals more slowly. I'm like, so you're just telling me I'm broken. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be a broken person. When exactly. I was 10, if I broke something, like, we got to heal that leg. With God is my witness, we will heal you. And at 30 or older, they're like, yeah, I guess your ankle's just fucked from now on. Sorry. I know. Oh, my God. I'm like, but I need to walk. I have 60 more years of walking. They go, eh, not anymore, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> they got 55 more years and they will be left. Yeah, Congratulations. You ever seen one of them Discovery you Channel episodes? You should have worn slip resistant socks. <laughs> and the antelope in the background's limping. Yeah, that'd be you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that antelope, he dies. Yeah. Just be happy you live in a first world country. That's right. Uh, I did think about this the first time I did this. I'm sorry to take no, no. this off this track. But when I first, the first couple of days, I was basically immobile. And I was like, and I was thinking to myself, if I was a, like a cave person or a nomad person, I'd just die, I think. Yeah, they'd leave you. <laughs> they'd get away because you probably have bad ankle bad voodoo magic. <laughs> that's like, right, that's right. That's right. Something weird's going on with his ankle. Let's kill him. <laughs> it's swelling because the devil's in it. <laughs> they blood, they blood they light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Which, you know, kind of makes sense. They, get, they gotta balance your tempers there. or whatever the fuck That's they right. call them. One leech on your head yeah. and another on your temple. You gotta balance your yellow bile with your black bile. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, <sighs> my favorite medical oddity statistic Throughout the Middle Ages, they just assumed that men had one less rib than women because that was in the Bible. <laughs> you can count that, especially in the Middle Ages when everyone's starving and gone. But they didn't they bother. Didn't. <laughs> Why don't we count them? And, <laughs> and disprove the Bible? I don't, I don't think so. Well, I think it was a metaphor. And that man was hanged. He was hanged <laughs> yeah. for that. And that man was Dr. Heretic. <laughs> And that's how we... heretic. It was Triple H, and he was triple dead. That's where you get the term heretic from. Oh, oh, we are dumb, and I hope people like it. Oh, folks! Look, Bozak's not coming back. Okay? <laughs> that's the end of it. Poor 
fucking Tyler. I feel bad. He's skated, and it's obviously that makes me feel a little more hopeful. And then if we'll remember anything, anybody else with concussions, that was unfortunately a little bit too much. And it seems like he's he's been sidelined again. I don't know. Unfortunately, that's you know what Armstrong's talking about when he says he doesn't know when he's going to be coming back. I wouldn't put any three of these as very hopeful at all. At very least, I'd say Schwartz probably comes back this season and plays. Bozak's really hit and miss. I think Pareko's done for the season, if I'm being if I'm being very honest with everyone, and I'd like to think I can be. Um, <laughs> it just, that's bad. Like, he wasn't improving day to day. They had to keep him out. They have no idea if it's going to, you know, if it's going to be better or not. A bulging disc doesn't just unbulge itself, so... Uh, Looking like summer surgery, despite what Armstrong's thinking. Yeah. But, on the positive side, Vladimir Tarasenko, who I believe has played in five games mm-hmm. since we've won the Cup. Oh um, or something like that. Some real tiny amount. We'll be back. And it's like it's and- like he's been gone for forever. It's like he went and left and to the moon and now he's this is this is like when david perron came back yeah either from the concussion or from just going to other teams for a number of years and uh ian if he then re-injures his shoulder what's the prognosis then yes he did yeah jr had a article that i encourage you to read especially if you like medical jargon where he basically sent the video the three separate videos of tarasenko injuring or re-injuring his shoulder each time to three different uh, orthopedic surgeons that have some knowledge of have worked with athletes in the past and maybe even NHL athletes who have no association with the Blues currently and basically was like, hey, what do you think about these injuries and what little information I can provide you on what was done uh, to rehab the shoulder and the surgeries that were done? And they pretty much were all like, yeah, you know, it's this, it's that, it's all this medical jargon stuff that you kind of glaze over with. But long, long story short, they said, well... He's probably going to be, you know, 80 to 90 percent his normal self, given if he had this specific surgery done that they don't know, nor does JR know. And then they said, and uh, at least one of them said, but if he re-injures it, that's probably going to be it. That's probably the final strike. And really, unless you're naive, I think that's what a lot of fans already thought. You know, if he re-injures it... You can't imagine that's that's a player that's going to be able to get another surgery and come back and then be fine. It's just it's never ending surgeries for the guy and for his almost for his own well being, for the team's well being. You just like man, that's not like you got to stop. And I'd feel terrible that he'd have to be out of the game, but at the same time, it just kind of at least gets you that much closer to acceptance of uh-huh. that reality. Shoulders are weird too. I had a guy, I knew a guy in college whose shoulders would just. You know, spontaneously dislocate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people, their shoulders pop out. <laughs> pop it out. And pop out like a green grape. <laughs> I have, we have a path due on doing something, and we promised we would do this. Folks, if you review our podcast on the Apple Store, and not any other store because we can't read those. <laughs> yeah, can't if you re- Here's the thing. You review it on any other store, you send us a screenshot on Twitter, We'll read that too, but we got a very kind review from Frank for Birdemic for Life Forever on the Apple Store. I've got my suspicions on who this is, but I'll keep those to myself. He writes, or she writes, why should I assume? Hmm. 
While not as provocative as Alfonso Cuaron's E2 Mamatarian, this podcast does contain informative and entertaining content regarding the St. Louis Blues. In truth, there's very little overlap between the 2G1C podcast and E2 Mamatarian, but it could be argued that this is appropriate. So, I have not seen that film. I do know of that film. My brother owns that film, I believe, so it could be him. But... Thank you, Frank, Thank you. for Redemic for Life for, <laughs> for your uh, warm five-star review. Listen, if it's five stars, you can make me say whatever the hell you want. You can make me read radical conspiracy theories, just radical conspiracy theories, but it's got to be five stars. I won't read radical conspiracy theories for four stars. I have standards. <laughs> you keep your... QAnon stuff to yourself. Although, while we're talking about radical conspiracy theories, there is a Wayfair ad where they go out of their way to use the word traffic, and I just feel like if I was Wayfair, I'd avoid that. Are you familiar (laughs) with this? Yeah. Are you familiar with the Wayfair stuff? Yeah. I just just feel like I would... Don't put people in boxes. That's Unless they're dead. That's right. Unless they don't want to be put in a box and they ask to be burned into small pieces. They'd be burned, which is weird. It's weird. Like, if I'm dead and and that just happens, whatever. But if if I request that, that feels weird. I say do it. I say put me in a little thing like a genie. <laughs> but you got to be on the mantle. You got to still be part of the yes. family. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh you got. You got to remember me. Yeah. That's right. Even if the cat's peeing in me, I don't care. <laughs> you got to remember me. Uh, for what was I saying? Oh yeah, but there is a Wayfair app where they're like, put down a cozy area rod and. In areas that just became high traffic, and they show a baby running through there, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you could have said that some other way. Mm-hmm. You could have not included the word traffic. Why are you poking the bear? I don't like it. Um, that's uh, that's what we got. I think that's it for this week. Uh, you know, I think I think I gotta go watch you two Tambian to understand some stuff. Alex. Alex Kalorn scored with 0.1 seconds left in OT to give the Lightning a, a, a win in case you were worried that the Lightning hadn't had enough good fortune mm. lately. I just wanted to clear that up for you. Um, and I think that's it. I think I can't, I don't think there's any other NHL news. I think we got another one in the books. I think we got it. I think we're done here. So, folks, thanks for tuning in. It's a longer one. If we haven't been doing, we've been doing like an hour. This is 90 minutes. So, folks. You greedy people have gotten more than enough. And by greedy people, I mean cats. And by more than enough, I mean go ask for fancy fees. Oh, no, wait. Go ask for Meow Mix, because that's the only one you ask for by name. So until then, folks, feed your cats. Don't put your dogs out at night. Unless it's warm enough, then go to town. Mm-hmm. They're dogs. They can survive. Not in winter. And we'll talk to you real soon. Meow. Music don't stop for life Glitter in the sky, glitter in my eyes